Hello, spooky friends, and welcome to another episode of Pasta Time with the Scariest Podcast. <laughs> I'm. <laughs> that sounds like our dog. <laughs> I'm, I'm Robin Grace. This is Adam Diaz. Hello. And uh, today we're here to read you folks some creepy pastas. Indeed, we are. Pretty excited. I uh, was thrilled with the feedback we got from the first Pasta Time episode. Thank you so much to the folks who let us know that you enjoyed it. Let us know what your favorite creepy pastas were and sent in your own personal short story slash creepy pastas. We appreciate that. Uh, so we're going to be reading four creepypastas this episode. Uh, I'm excited to read you mine and to see how you react to them. And it's always nice to see just sort of how our tastes differ and the things that we choose. So it's going to be kind of exciting. Uh, so for folks who had their own creepypastas, so you have a short story sitting around, you're like, I have an idea. I'm going to put pen to paper or fingers to keyboard, whatever. Uh, and I want to send it to you. Uh, the best way to get it to us, well, I guess if you put pen to paper, that'd be kind of difficult. But if it's you digital, you could mail it to us if you want to. You could. We have a PO box. If you go to scarish.com and click on contact us, uh, our PO box is right there. But more importantly, if you're in the digital age, uh, you can email pasta time at scarish.com. You can also use the contact us form, drop it in there, just write that it's for pasta time, or you can hit us up on any of our social medias. We have Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Facebook is facebook.com slash scarish podcast. Twitter is at scarish pod. Instagram is at Scarish Podcast. So yeah, kind of excited to do this. I believe I am going to be going first, if yeah. I am not mistaken. Yeah. So I'm gonna go ahead and get into our first creepy pasta of the episode, uh, and this is one that I selected called "Kids in the Dark," and it was written by Slime Beast. It's a beautiful name. I'm gonna, hot. name I'm gonna name my daughter Slime Beast, and it goes like this: Growing up poor in the Deep South meant sharing a lot with my little brother Ollie. Most often, we'd pass toys, clothes, and skin conditions between us. Up until he was six, we even shared a bed. Neither of us was happy about that. It was my 10th birthday when that changed. I got one present that year, and it was a bed of my own. Ollie was jealous right away, and I could understand why. He had to keep that half-broken-down frame with the worn-out mattress. The one I'd gotten was uh, the one I'd gotten wasn't much better, but not being broken and worn was enough for me. Sleeping apart was a great feeling. It was freedom. No longer would I have to suffer the sudden and inexplicable kicks to the stomach. You'll get those when you get a partner that you share the bed with. I don't kick you in the stomach. Yeah, that's the worst parts. No longer would I wake up with Ollie's foot pressed into my neck like, like he'd stepped on Dracula the night before. At least that's what I thought. Right away, right after I got the new bed, the shriek started. At first, I thought Ollie woke up in the middle of the night and screamed because he'd gotten scared. Then, the sound echoed through the tiny room again, and I knew it wasn't a normal cry. This is definitely some of my least favorite things. Yeah. Disembodied, like, sounds in the dark. You usually said disembodied laughter, but disembodied screaming is even worse. Yeah. But this person assumes it's coming from their brother. Let's find out. The room was always black as pitch after sunset. The one window we had pressed against a long leaf pine, and even the biggest, brightest moon cast no light outside. Or, excuse me, no light inside. The shriek just about drove me crazy. Every night, probably at the same exact time, the sharp yelps would knock me right out of my dreams. It wasn't my mom or my dad yelling, either. I knew what that sounded like, believe me. Most worrying of all was the fact I could never tell where it was coming from. It seemed completely random. One night, it come from somewhere near the closet. The next, it shot from a corner of the ceiling. Any hope I'd had of having my own space would get dashed every time as Ollie would silently slip into bed with me, shaking like crazy. It's not. It can't be. He'd clasp onto me and wouldn't let go until it was almost daybreak. 
Most times I'd take his hand and tell him everything was going to be okay, that it'd be over by morning, but I was never really sure. It's not him. It's not him. Over time, the shriek started changing. At first, it was only by small degrees, but eventually it took the primal hooting sound of a primate calling out its fierce warning. I had to clasp pillows to my ears just to keep from going deaf. Mom and Dad never believed me or Ollie because, or basically because the thing, whatever it was, refused to make a peep when they were in the room. Apparently, they couldn't hear it through the walls, even though it was damn sure loud enough. Hmm. The shriek just got worse and worse until I felt like I couldn't take it anymore. Me and Ollie were doing really bad in school, and we just had no energy at all. I could sleep more deeply with my head propped up and my eyes open in the middle of class than in my own room at night. Then, thankfully, we moved out of the house nearly a year later. I contemplated all sorts of things, even a child's clumsy concept of suicide to get away from the horrific nightly noise. There was no problem at the next house. It was a nice, white, cookie-cutter home on a dead-end street, and I welcomed the normalcy. What's more, when we moved in, there was a bunk bed waiting for me and Ollie. No more broken bed, no more second bed, and I ended up having to share anyway. (laughs) The only problem was deciding who'd get the top bunk. I told Ollie I deserved it. After all, I had gotten a new bed way back, and he ruined it by climbing in my bed every night. And he said, said, what? Yeah, I I never did that. I had always wondered why the noise stopped the second I was sharing my bed. Now, I had the answer. I fucking knew it. I knew it. It, it was a very, like, obvious twist at the end, and Robin had to go and say it over and over and over like that asshole in the theater that can't just wait. <laughs> but yeah, I really enjoyed that when I was reading it because I shared a room with my brother. I shared a bed with my brother every now and then when I was Did scared. Crawl I had there? bunk beds. I'd crawl in with him because I was the younger brother ah. when I had nightmares. A lot of times he'd be like, nope. And I'd be like, all right, I'll just shiver myself to sleep tonight. The three of my siblings, the three of us, shared a bed together until I was maybe 11. 11? It was the first time I ever had my own bed. I think, I mean, I I can't remember much about having my own bed. I think I always kind of had my own bed, from what I understand, just bunk beds. Um, But I'd, like, sleep in my brother's bed if I could, or i sleep with my parents if I was scared. And I had nightmares all the time, so that happened pretty frequently. But I had my own room when I was seven, so I was very privileged. I was very lucky for that. It wasn't that big of a room. Like, looking back at it, I'm like, yeah, it wasn't that great of a room. But for a seven-year-old, that room felt huge. It was my castle. Because I was tiny, and the room was decent size. I didn't even get my own bed till no. Because, so, 11 was when we moved to a different house, but we still, my younger sister and I still had to share a bed. I think it was when I was, like, 14 that we got our own beds. Dang. Yeah, we were like... No wonder you're such a selfish asshole on the we bed. We were so like... <laughs> you're like, this whole bed belongs to me, sleep in the corner like a dog. Yeah, I, and I always shared rooms with my sisters. Like, that, I, I mean, my older sister moved out, and it was just the my younger sister and I. And we, we still had the same room. We just had, when we were much older in high school and stuff already, we had twin beds. <laughs> This makes a lot of sense now. It's starting to become very clear why you're so aggressive with the space. Yeah, so, so I always I shared. I don't know. But that's my first pasta. I hope you all enjoyed it. Nice pasta. Thank you. It's delicious. Thank you. Good for your brain. Your horror brain. Yeah. I said horror, not horror brain. Okay. <laughs> she has a beautiful brain. Moving on. So I'm going to read my first one. And the title is Roommate Troubles. Uh, we've definitely had roommates. Well, I've had you as a roommate and Charlie as a roommate. I don't yeah. think I've had other... I've had lots of roommates come to think of it. And I've never really had roommate troubles. I feel like I've only ever had... Like, roommates are, like, boyfriends, pretty much. You right. know? I've never had 
um, just a stranger that split an apartment, you know? I've never been a roommate with someone I didn't know. The thing is, like, in Hawaii, I only had a studio because anything more than that, and you're paying ridiculous amounts of money. Like, my studio was $900 a month. How big was it? Um, as big as the loft, maybe. Oh, so tiny. It was tiny. It was super, super it's like small. like a room. Yeah. It's like the size of a room for $900. Yeah. That's insanity. Yeah. So I never really had a roommate unless it was someone I was dating because there's no way you can split that shit with a stranger. Um, but yeah, th- which is why I was so poor when I lived there. But anyway, so forget about that. We're not talking about that. We're talking about creepypasta. So the story goes, this actually happened to me a few years back at the University of the Arts in Philadelphia. I'd also like to remind people this is a creepypasta. This so is a that's creepypasta. The first line actually means this didn't happen to me. Well, it is in the category of based on true events. Okay. Well, maybe this did happen. So, Holy shit. Everyone strap I, on. I think it's like based on true events. It's kind of like The Conjuring based on true events, but they changed stuff up in the movie. You know what I mean? Creative nonfiction. Yes. That's what we call it. All right. I cool. say we. I don't know why. <laughs> we here in the uh, scariest business call that creative All right. fiction. So my sophomore year, I roomed with a girl named Kara. She was a jazz vocalist, but her main interest was opera. She had a small room on the sixth floor of a dormitory called Juniper Hall. The walls were thin, and her late night singing and voice practices would keep me up late. After a month or so of lost sleep, I convinced her to move her late night practices to the music studios in the Miriam Theater building a block away. Around 8 o'clock one evening, Kara announced that she would be practicing late for an upcoming recital and probably wouldn't be home until around midnight. Great, I thought. That means I can go to bed early. I was beat, I had a horrible day in an acting studio, and was ready to pass out as soon as I had dinner. She said goodnight and left, coffee and sheet music in hand. I made some grilled cheese and soup, gobbled it down, and immediately began to prepare for bed. I really like the word gobbled. Is that weird? Is it like a sexy way? No, I just think it's, I don't <laughs> know, it just makes me smile every time I hear it. It just sounds funny. When I hear gobble, I think... Is that like, sad in a sexy way? Like turkeys? Why did you Why did you assume when I said I really like the word gobbled, it meant sexy? I've never heard anyone say they really liked, like, the word gobbled. <laughs> okay. Sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyway, by the time I got out of the shower, my eyelids were so heavy I could hardly brush my teeth. I pulled on my PJs and crawled into the top bunk of our bunk bed. I was out as soon as my head hit the pillow. I should take a second to describe the layout of our apartment. When entering the apartment, the bedroom was through a door immediately to the left. Our bathroom was inside the bedroom, just past the bunk beds. UArts is nice in the sense that you don't have to share bathrooms. That's That's really nice. Uh, Anyway, I woke up to the sound of the apartment door closing. I opened my eyes and groggily checked my phone. Midnight on the dot. I rolled back over and closed my eyes. Very punctual roommate you have. I heard Kara enter the room and stop in front of the bunk bed. Checking to see if I'm actually asleep, I thought. She flopped down on the bed below me, which was strange, as she was a stickler for brushing her teeth and washing up before bed. Then again, exams were just around the corner and we were all exhausted. The mattress below me creaked and then was silent. I couldn't even hear her breathing. I started to drift. Oh my God. Do you think she was like stabbed? I don't know. I started to drift off again. I'm starting to get scared. I started to drift off again. I was just on the edge of deep sleep when I was startled awake by a noise. A key in the lock. The door opening. 
and Kara entering our apartment humming an opera tune. The mattress below me creaked. Wow. So it was a stranger. Is that the end? That's the end. Okay, so here's why I don't think this actually happened. Because if this was an actual event, you would finish and tell someone who the fuck was in the bed. Because it's yeah. creepier knowing that it was a stranger or whatever. But just like leaving the cliffhanger just makes it seem like you couldn't decide how to end the story. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, that's fucking terrifying. It's freaking terrifying. At least they laid down. You know, they just came in. They fell down. It sounds like it could have just been a drunk person that wandered into the wrong room. In which case, it could be a true story of a drunk person coming yes. into the wrong room. And you just left that part off the end to turn it into a creepy Right. So either way, I would be so pissed. I've had someone try and enter my own place uh, a few times before at one apartment, and it just was so agitating. The person was super fucked up both times. It was the same person. I was just like, the first time I was like, why is she trying to get in my apartment? And she realized it and walked away. And the second time it happened, I walked over there, and she was like, literally like shaking the fucking door, and I just slapped the door. I was like, fuck off. But if I was the type of person that didn't lock my door... Then, you know, I would have had a stranger wander in at least twice to my apartment, which would have been fucking haunting. I lock your doors. Everyone should lock yeah. the doors. Never leave your door unlocked. That's just asking for trouble. So when this person came in, did they unlock the door? Or they, did they, they just heard the, the click of the lock. Yeah, unlocked. so that's really weird that they could get into someone's like apartment or dorm or whatever and then just maybe they heard or they, they tested the door, it was unlocked, they got in, locked the door behind them. Right. And got into the bed, you know. Maybe it was a TA. And Sometimes. they probably saw the person on the top bunk and were like, well, I'm just going to get into the bottom bunk. Oh, my god! Not TA. Whatever it is, RA, the residential advisor. Yeah. Maybe they have a key to every room. Maybe they maybe they showed up drunk or something like that. Who knows? Uh, or know. it was a demon. Who knows what the story is trying to make us think. Uh, either way, it's, it's pretty good, man. It's creepy. So, good stuff. Good pick, Robin. Thanks. That was from Jesse Cosgrove. Nice. Good work, Jesse Cosgrove. Yeah. We appreciate that. So, good stuff. So, before we move into our next story, we are going to take a really quick commercial break. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So, I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're back. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and get into my second and the third pasta time of the show, and this one is entitled, It Started as a Leak. And it starts like this. The rainy season began in early summer, and June had been no exception. It did not surprise the man when he discovered rainwater dripping from his dining room ceiling. Shrugging it off, he placed a tall pot beneath the leak and expected it to stop on its own. However, it continued to rain, and before he knew it, the pot would threaten to overflow. He had to dump the water out first thing in the morning and straight after he returned home from work. Eventually, he began to notice water damage at the source of the leak. The white ceiling had discolored, turning a dull shade of brown. 
He checked the weather and realized it would continue to rain sporadically over the next 10 days. The man was worried about the ceiling mildewing and becoming an expensive repair, so he called a local handyman. Unfortunately, Robin has something to say. Is this a story that um, turned into a movie? No. I don't know. I mean, I really don't know. Okay. So how would I know that? How can There's I... just a movie that um, is about a leak. And this woman and her kid move into this apartment building. That's and... Dark Waters. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And no, this story is not about that. That okay. movie came out before uh, the Elisa Lamb incident, too. So okay. pretty sure. But I will continue now. Uh, it goes on to say, unfortunately, the man could not sign to have the repairs done. Only his landlord could. It was a frustrating policy. The man called his landlord but could not reach him. He left him a few voicemails detailing how the damage was becoming progressively worse. The man was clueless as to why his landlord would not return his calls. They usually kept in touch, speaking at least twice a month. Finally, he reasoned that he would not be held accountable for any damages sustained. One night, the man was startled awake by a massive thump. He quickly turned on his bedside lamp, and just vaguely he could see an overturned table and a large shape laying across it. He sprinted out of his apartment and called the police, gagging at the smell. The man sat in the police station with a blanket wrapped around his shoulders and a coffee mug resting in his hands. Typical movie scene. All right. He did know one thing. There had been a dead body in his ceiling, and the water had saturated it so badly that it caved under the weight. So far, the body was unidentifiable due to the rainwater and was being autopsied. While the man waited, he called his landlord and finally reached him, panicking as he explained the situation. His landlord was just as alarmed, and the man pleaded for him to come to the station while he made a statement. The man paused as a detective crossed over to him, and he lowered his phone, wondering if the body had been identified. Autopsies don't go that quick, just saying. It's going to be the landlord. Yeah. His blood ran immediately cold, and he shook his head with terror. The body belonged to Richard Thompson, his landlord, and had died over a year ago. That's not what disturbed him the most. If his landlord was dead, then who was pretending to be him? Who was phone? I don't know that reference. It's a different creepypasta. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, it's one of the ba bad creepypastas. I think what I'm finding with a lot of the creepypastas that I tend to pick is it's like, here's a creepypasta, and it has a twist. And all the twists are what very, very clearly visible, like, coming the entire way. Um, so, yeah. That's what she said. That's really uh -uh. gross, <laughs> but kind of funny. So... I hope you enjoyed that one. It's called, uh, it started as a leak, and the credit for that one goes to Ariel Lowe. So thank you so much for writing that, Ariel. Thank you. Good stuff. All right. So the final pasta, creepy pasta of the episode is titled The Smiling Man, and it is written by Blue Title on Reddit. Nice. Yeah. All right. So it goes. About five years ago, I lived downtown in a major city in the U.S., I've always been a night person, so I would often find myself bored after my roommate, who was decidedly not a night person, went to sleep. To pass the time, I used to go for long walks and spend the time thinking. I spent four years like that, walking alone at night, and never once had a reason to feel afraid. I always used to joke with my roommate that even the drug dealers in the city were polite. But all of that changed in just a few minutes of one evening. It was Wednesday, somewhere between 1 and 2 in the morning. Why are you out walking at 1 or 2? It's just nuts. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of funny to say that out loud because, yeah, as a 35-year-old, I'm like, 1 or 2 in the morning? Why are you outside? Yeah. But, like, thinking back, like, 25-year-old uh, Adam's like, why would I be inside? Like, I'd be walking between the bars. Like, they still have a couple hours left to be open. Mm, big nope. Different lifestyle, I suppose. I was walking near a police-patrolled park quite a ways from my apartment. 
It was a quiet night, even for a weeknight, with very little traffic and almost no one on foot. The park, as it was most nights, was completely empty. I turned down a short side street in order to loop back to my apartment when I first noticed him. At the far end of the street, on my side, was the silhouette of a man dancing. It was a strange dance, similar to the waltz, but he finished each box with an odd forward stride. So when you do a waltz, it's like one, two, three, right? Yeah, and then you do step, 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 so you're yeah. making a square that kind of just yeah. keeps going on. Uh, I, guess, I think. I'm, I'm totally not a professional on that. I don't dance. That. We don't know how to dance. Uh, I guess you could say he was dance walking, headed straight for me. Deciding he was probably drunk, I stepped as close as I could to the road to give him the majority of the sidewalk to pass me by. The closer he got, the more I realized how gracefully he was moving. He was very tall and lanky and wearing an old suit. He danced closer still until I could make out his face. His eyes were open wide and wild, head tilted back slightly, looking off at the sky. His mouth was formed in a painfully wide cartoon of a smile. It sounds like that character from Buffy. Um, and the suits that like silence when they the entire episode they can't talk or whatever. Yeah. That's what I'm totally picturing doing this dance. I was thinking of like the crooked man in The Conjuring Yeah, game. a little bit. Between the eyes and the smile, I decided to cross the street before he danced any closer. I took my eyes off of him to cross the empty street. As I reached the other side, I glanced back and then stopped dead in my tracks. He'd stopped dancing and was standing with one foot in the street, perfectly parallel to me. He was facing me, but still looking skyward, smile still wide on his lips. I was completely and utterly unnerved by this. I started walking again, but kept my eyes on the man. He didn't move. Once I had put about a half a block between us, I turned away from him for a moment to watch the sidewalk in front of me. The street and sidewalk ahead of me were completely empty. Still unnerved, I looked back to where he had been standing to find him gone. For the briefest of moments, I felt relieved, until I noticed him. He had crossed the street and was now slightly crouched down. Fuck that, dude. I couldn't tell for sure due to the distance and the shadows, but I was certain he was facing me. I had looked away from him for no more than 10 seconds, so it was clear that he had moved fast. I was so shocked that I stood there for some time staring at him, and then he started moving toward me again. He took giant, exaggerated, tiptoed steps, as if he were a cartoon character sneaking up on someone, except he was moving very, very quickly. I'd like to say at this point I ran away or pulled out my pepper spray or my cell phone or anything at all, but I didn't. I just stood there, completely frozen, as the smiling man crept toward me, and then he stopped again, about a car length away from me, still smiling his smile, still looking to the sky. When I finally found my voice, I blurted out the first thing that came to mind. What I meant to ask was, what the fuck do you want? <laughs> In an angry, commanding tone, but what came out was a whimper. What the fuck? <laughs> Regardless of whether or not humans can smell fear, they can certainly hear it. I heard it in my own voice, and that only made me more afraid. But he didn't react to it at all. He just stood there, smiling. And then after what felt like forever, he turned around, very slowly, and started dance-walking away, just like that. Not wanting to turn my back to him again, I just watched him go, until he was far enough away to almost be out of sight. 
and then I realized something. He wasn't moving away anymore, nor was he dancing. I watched in horror as the distant shape of him grew larger and larger. He was coming back my way, and this time he was running. I ran too. I ran until I was off the side of the road and back into a better lit road with sparse traffic. Looking behind me then, he was nowhere to be found. The rest of the way home, I kept glancing over my shoulder, always expecting to see his stupid smile. But he was never there. I lived in that city for six months after that night, and I never went out for another walk. There was something about his face that had always haunted me. He didn't look drunk. He didn't look high. He looked completely and utterly insane. And that's a very, very scary thing to see. Wow. That's a pretty good one. I really like that. Yeah. Although when he said, like, I ran, uh, the first thing that came to my head was like, I ran so far away. <laughs> but uh, if you saw that, I just feel like you'd immediately want to get as far away from that human being as possible. Or whatever the fuck it was. I oh, am so glad I've never come across any creepy entity like that. Any creepy people that creepy. Um, just imagine somebody coming and running after you, dancing super creepy, with an unnatural face you know right this is how humans look right humans aren't aren't afraid of people who smile let me put this visage on my face and that way it'll make everyone think that i'm on the up and up uh that one's really good i feel like we should pick like a vip like best in show (laughs) best in show i wouldn't want to do that though because a lot of spooky friends might send in their stories and then we might like make people feel bad if they're not picked but um hey those were all really good that last one was super good so good shit robin thanks so I'd like to thank everyone who uh, wrote the stories that we read tonight. It's pretty amazing to uh, post a little piece of short fiction. Uh, short fiction, yeah, I like that. Short fiction on the internet and then have it read by someone that you've never met. So it's Thanks a pretty cool thing. Thanks for making it creepy. Yeah, indeed. And uh, anyone who has a story they would like to share and say, hey, I really like this creepypasta, I think you should read it. Or if you have one of your own, you can email pastatime at scarish.com. Uh, it's our brand new email address. We check it every single minute of every single day. I actually have it connected to my phone. Well, so yeah, can, we see your email. We can see it when it in. comes in immediately. So uh, we would love to get those. Or if you want to hit us up on any of our social medias, please feel free to do so. Facebook is facebook.com slash scarishpodcast. Twitter is at scarishpod. Instagram is at scarishpodcast. You can go to our website, scarish.com. Click on contact us. Fill out that form. It does come directly to us. We would love to hear from you. Robin, for folks who would like to donate to us, how can they do so? Uh, you can go to our patreon patreon.com slash scaryish podcast those are monthly donations tiers start at a dollar at a dollar you get ad free episodes which are awesome we also have physical merch tiers uh that start at ten dollars you get keychains and different things coasters stuff like that uh and then we also if you don't like the whole monthly tier thing we do one-time donations over at coffee ko-fi.com slash scaryish podcast uh, and all your donations go to helping us upgrade our studio setup and kind of keep us keep us going. We're going to invest in some vlog stuff soon, so that'll be great. Indeed. And I'm going to learn how to edit videos one day. Um, That's why I keep encouraging Robin to get this this new piece of equipment. So um, I can learn to she's, edit. She's wanted it for like two years, and we've slowly been sort of saving donations and, and things that like we get during the live streams and some Patreon stuff. It's all getting put into the same spot. And I'm like, all right, pull the trigger, get that thing vlog your shit girl and then of course uh hopefully learn to edit yeah um, which will be uh i think you have a specific style to you that is very interesting and i think it would come out in the way that you would edit stuff and i'm very interested to see it so cool um, uh also 
there is new merch on our Teespring store. So if you folks want to check out our Teespring store, new Krampus and Wendigo stuff is up and uh, zip hoodies. I think the Wendigo design, the Wendigo and Krampus designs are our first zip hoodies. So there's going to be zippers. I like zip hoodies. I prefer zip hoodies. I, I definitely prefer uh, hoodies with zippers on them instead of the pullovers. You can get both. Why not have both? And uh, yeah, so check those out. Teespring store. You can go to our website, click on our merch page and stuff and, and head there. Indeed. Thank you so much for everyone who listened, everyone who watched us live, everyone who supports us in every way, shape, and form. We sincerely appreciate all of it. We really, really do. So uh, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you one last time. And Robin, go ahead and sign us out. Keep on creeping on, and we'll talk to you guys later. Bye-bye.